0: Insightoasis.com for astrology. You can also find both of us at activespirituality.life and we look forward to your joining us every week. Please share with your friends.
1: Here we go. Hi, everyone. Welcome to ActiveSpirituality.life with Pamela Kuchinel and Susie Mazzoli. 2021 coming up already to week 19. And Pam's going to give us the forecast, as always, wonderful and accurate, starting with Monday, May the 10th. I'll see you soon for our 10-minute meditation.
0: Okay. So how are we all doing The moon is in the sign of Taurus, and we are in dark of moon time. It's the time of the goddess Hecate, um, very old goddess energy. And if you go to my website and read a little more about dark of moon or Hecate, I write about how The power of the goddess, of course, was considered to be what created everything that sprang out of Gaia. And Hecate was at, she was the midwife, the gatekeeper of both birth and death. So when women were in the throes of the birth process, which... um, People have heard me speak. I talk about when a mother gives birth, it is ideally a joyous moment. The baby comes in healthy. That's the most auspicious, of course, and desired outcome. But also what happens is it's is a it's a death because the woman who was in her entirety before the birth of the baby is now irrevocably the same actually that's true regardless of the outcome of the birth and so we are by going through a birth process a woman becomes something different and So I'm talking about this because we're in the Dark of Moon period. The Moon is in the sign of Taurus, which is one of the most fecund positions for the Moon. In uh, traditional astrology, the Moon is considered exalted in the sign of Taurus, meaning that she has tremendous energy at her disposal. And when you think about it, it's because the moon is in a symbiotic relationship with the planet Earth. Earth would not be the planet it is without the moon, because the moon is what helps us with gravity with the tides which so many factors that we don't we are not necessarily conscious of but those of us who are moon watchers who pay attention with her position of course recognize this this continual dance that the earth has with the moon so Taurus, being a sign the sign that is most linked to the planet Earth. Um, Some astrologers speculate that Earth is, quote, the planet that's linked to the sign of Taurus. Each sign has a planet that is considered its ruler or what it's linked to. Regardless of that, we are in this energy that is such a reminder of We are children of the Earth. We are incarnate in our bodies for this brief period of time. And what is it that we choose to manifest, intend, and make happen in, in this case, in this lunar cycle? So we are on the threshold of the new moon, which happens at... um, 3 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday, the 11th of May. It also, for those who mark and honor it, is when Ramadan ends. So we're in a very sacred energy period. And on Monday, I think the important emphasis of this day is to reflect on, plan, put in order, that which you intend to do over the next lunar cycle, and also to wrap up complete anything that you want to get off your desk or out of your house before we enter this next lunar cycle, and or anything you want to get out of your psyche before this next lunar cycle. There is so much clutter that many of us keep in our brains, with our attachments of, I've got to get to this. And we burden ourselves. Think in terms of the gravitational pull. What is it you burden yourself with? Thinking that you haven't got done, you must get done, you should get done, you'd like to get done. What are the things that actually you can address in this lunar cycle? And what are the things you can shelve, put away, throw out, that just basically hang around as this ongoing suitcase you're lugging from lunar cycle to lunar cycle? And you never open up. So if you've got one of those suitcases, trunks or um, pods, that's you're dragging around from lunar cycle to lunar cycle, this dark of moon period, hecaday time, might be a good time to tune in and check in with a goddess and say, what is it that I really would love you midwife me of? Because in the case of a birth, whether it's a metaphysical or an actual physical birth, One of the things that the conscious mother needs to become aware of is, I am letting go of the illusion of control that I have over this baby's life. I am releasing this baby into their destiny. I will shepherd and support and watch as long as I can. But in the end, I am relinquishing control as I give birth. And on the other end of the spectrum, when Hecate is the midwife to death, which she also does, I am relinquishing my control of what I think I have in this earth incarnate. I am relinquishing my breath, and I am entering in to possibilities I can't even imagine. And so as we're in this dark of moon time, We always are in this period, this wondrous period, that allows us the freedom, the liberation of our illusion of control as we turn it over to a greater energy, a greater power. Some people like to picture the ancient goddess that I'm describing. Others may think about collective consciousness, whatever you want to call it. How do you relinquish control at this time of ebbing, right before the big wave of energy comes in where the spark of the new moon allows you to create something new? And creating something new isn't always from the sweat of our brow, But it's also from remembering moon and Taurus. It's also from remembering the gifts that are intrinsic to the earth when we allow nature to be the wise one and create rather than imposing continual human intention and design on something that is more organic, wiser, older, ancient than we will ever know. So part of this is thinking in terms of how you partner by turning over the greater authority to something bigger than just you. And this is how we're able to create and manifest anything. Because yes, on one hand, you can be a deal maker, you can be a magician, you can create, make all kinds of things happen. But if we're not working in tandem with something beyond self, there are limitations to what we can achieve. And the only way we're able to work in that What some may say is magical, but I would also say is collective intention, working with source, the universe. However, I I don't think we have the right words, because it comes from within when we connect to what's without. And so it's not the realm of words. It's the realm of knowing. And the deep knowing is part of the wonder that can happen for us at dark of moon time. Do not be afraid of the dark. So it's always wonderful the night of dark of moon to go to bed with your intention under your pillow or at least in your head or your wish or and also, on my website, I write about new new moon intentions and wishes, things you want to make happen. But this is a power time. <clears throat> and the most important thing about this particular new moon, I think, to keep in mind is to winnow down your intentions. I, I often say this three things, no more than three things that you want to accomplish and make happen over the lunar cycle. You can have a longer list of wishes or things you'd like to do, but concentrate on no more than three things. And sometimes depending what the things are, maybe it's just one. but it's better to make one thing happen brilliantly than fritter away your energy on 20 things that never, Get off the ground the way you'd like. So the new moon, as I said, happens at 3 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday the 11th. And so we have this nice momentum energy that builds, um, that's just around this period of time. So 2.30 to 3.30 is uh, like the, the real germination time. So whatever you're doing, if you're waiting online, if you're at work, if you're stuck in traffic, if you're nursing a baby, if you're um, at the dentist, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, if you can just clock in at that time and kind of imagine a plumb line going through you right to the center of the earth. And Picture yourself absorbing all that delicious earth core energy and think in terms of you getting fused with the energy you need to make the intentions happen. For some of us, we'll be able to make a phone call, do a launch, get a message out, actually do something tangible that's speaking about. This initiation. But for others, the intention, the focus, that plumb line is perfect enough. This can be kind of a worrying late afternoon into early evening. If you've got health concerns, someone in your life has health concerns, a, um, a sadness, a wound, it can come up. Again, recognize this as a release of the physical into making something that moves beyond it. So, whatever it is, allow the work to happen. And true inspiration can come in the evening a revelation, an idea, a conversation. At least jot it down. Try to capture it in your butterfly net of ideas so you can cook it and refer back to it at another point in time. New moons are not always the best day to initiate things, but still they give us a turn. We see a new chapter beginning when we pay attention. Often we can recognize these symbols in the natural environment around us. The moon goes void, of course, at 8.23 a.m. on Wednesday, the 12th. And if you are trying to get a lot of things done this morning, again, focus on priority, what it is you need to do. If you get too scattered, nothing happens. And very shortly after, the moon enters the sign of Gemini at 8.43 a.m. And... Now that we're in the moon in Gemini, which air and fire signs tend to really like because things move around, ideas, uh, people, networking, the energy gets very kind of in a nice groove. And it certainly can on this day. I consider it a rather inspired day, um, terrific for writers and this goes on through Thursday the 13th, Jupiter enters Pisces on Thursday the 13th. And I'll talk about that in a little bit more. But the thing I want to say about Wednesday and Thursday is these are days when so much can come into your radar. So many ideas, so many thoughts, so many um People. And that's all great. But the important thing is to refer back to what feels like true north to you, because we can get very confused and sort of um, um, off the track with too many things that come through on these couple of days. So I'm back to suggesting jot things down um, wherever you shelf, um, put them on your calendar to look at later, your memos or index cards, whatever your way of referring is Because you may well come back to it. It may well have some merit to it. But if it derails you, then you're not going to be able to use all that momentum that you want to use in a better way. And so these few days are not necessarily good days to launch that boat of ideas that you may have with that new moon. It may be better this particular week to keep vetting, checking out, running by, letting it set before you take action. But I think one of the things that that's saying or suggesting is it reminds us. To really be in the body when we're doing things. And I think that's another lesson that this pandemic is teaching people, whether they want to get the lesson or not, or they're conscious of it or not, is the ephemeral time we have and the importance of honoring the body and its limitations and being aware of the present. So this week seems to really speak to me a lot about do what you need to feel physically connected. Are you eating foods that are good for you? Are you getting the exercise you need in spite of whatever limitations you might be experiencing? So let's talk about Jupiter in Pisces. It will retrograde back into Aquarius later on. But for now, we're going to look at Jupiter in Pisces because it's kind of a, um, what's the word I want? It's sort of a, uh, hey, look what's coming up. that's shooting in for a little bit of time before it goes retrograde back in Aquarius until we get more to the end of the year and Jupiter in Pisces is a really delicious year for lots of reasons of course it'll affect all of us differently depending on our personal horoscope but in its loveliness. What Jupiter in Pisces does is it really presents, allows, offers opportunities for how we can connect more deeply in bigger ways. So I think, I mean, it's not an accident that we're experiencing this as we go into uh, as we go into the kind of tailspin of the pandemic as I'm thinking about it. So the pandemic is not over. I'm actually writing about this from an astrological perspective, and I'll let you know when I finally have finished my thoughts. But we are in this, like organic shifting that's occurring. So as that's happening, what we want to allow or invite in is how does this ramp up emotional intelligence? Because that's what Jupiter and Pisces really speaks about. It's it's what is your, our the bigger world's emotional intelligence. And I I do think that's something that is not has not to date been getting through with mainstream media and ways that people are connecting. What how do we embrace, reach, connect more? So with Jupiter in Pisces coming in, At this new moon cycle, which actually leads up to the eclipse, the end of May, that I'll be talking more about next week and also I'm writing about, what's happening is that we are going to be getting a lot more downloads and insight And some of us, of course, are going to be more receptive to it than others. But those are things that you can invite in at this period. So Friday the 14th, the moon goes void, of course, at 6.51 a.m. Again, the morning can be very confusing, early morning especially. So it's best to lay out your clothes beforehand if you're going out. Know what you're doing if you have to get out early. And then it enters the sign of cancer, but not until 9.30 p.m. So it's void, of course, practically all day. And when the moon is void, of course, there's no emotional glue to things that are thrown out or said. It's it, With the moon in Gemini, it's just super important to stay on task, don't get extra- distracted, and don't go down any rabbit holes unless you've got a mountain of time because they aren't going to lead you anywhere. When the moon is in cancer, this weekend can be high emotional intensity. And it's another reason why I think that focusing on and ramping up emotional intelligence and being aware of what your emotions are teaching you or other people's emotions are teaching you is going to allow for greater wisdom and peace. And now I turn it over to Susie.
1: Thank you. It really spoke to me when you said about grounding down into the earth and it's a meditation that I do a lot and I think today's the day that we're going to do it again yay (laughs) so i'm ready (laughs) yeah how i mean it's it's impossible to think that we don't need this every day so i invite you all to just take that 10 minutes now sit quietly feel yourself just totally zeroing in and visualize from your skull like you can maybe even just take from your third eye and imagine a line going back from your forehead, forward, down your, going back across your skull, going down and following your spine, your vertebrae, all the way down through your back, down into your coccyx, to your tailbone. And then visualize from your tailbone a beautiful big silver cord that's heavy and strong. And visualize that going down through wherever you are, inside, outside, through a building, from the 50th floor, from the first floor, wherever you are. Just visualize it going down through the layers, into the earth,
2: down, all the way, all the way to the core, to the heart of Mother Earth. And we just visualise
1: that the heart is at the very middle of the earth And we can visualise that as a beautiful
2: giant iron core crystal. And you can visualise this crystal like a pumping, like the pumping of the physical heart
1: that we know, that it has a frequency, that it has a movement, that it has a powerful
2: energy that it has a magnetism, and it is the heart of our mother,
1: so it has a quality of looking after us
2: and providing for us, nurturing us. We are a part of this family, this
1: earth family, animal family, human family, and through this heart of the mother, we are connected to everything here on earth, all of the plants and animals, everything, the waters, the oceans, the rivers, to every leaf, to every mushroom, to every flower, to every bird, to every insect, to All the gases, all the rocks, everything here, visible and invisible, we are connected. And it really is this location that we are located here on the earth, located on the crust of the earth, on the outside. But we are connected to all the different levels of earth. What happens off the earth, in
2: the air, in the sky around us in the atmosphere and to things that happen deep in our earth,
1: to the magma, to the rocks, to everything that is inside
2: our earth. And as you feel this silver cord connecting you, Just feel the magnetism
1: of the mother pulling you close to her
2: as she holds you. She holds you in the field of earth. She holds you, this gravitational pull that hugs you in, provides support for you, provides the very foundation, your structure, your being. provides the energy for you and feel all of the atoms in
1: your body all of the cells all of the atoms that make up the molecules that make up the cells that make up the organs that make up all of the bits and pieces of your body feel everything lining up the polarity, everything's lining up according to the correct fields, the magnetic fields of nature, of earth, wherever we might have been disrupted by some sort of synthetic fields or Wi-Fi or all the electricity around us, just feel yourself lining back up with the natural magnetism, the natural polarities, positive and negative, all of the natural polarities of earth, our electrical system in our body, our electrical
2: system that totally now is lining up, aligning with that of our earth, that of nature, of mother nature. Wherever we are scrambled, wherever our electricity, our magnetism is scrambled or mixed up, now everything's just coming back into its natural, healthy place. And following that
1: electromagnetic current, everything else, all the chemicals in our body, all the hormones, the blood, the water, everything else now following that correct alignment of the earth, bringing us back into our natural flow
2: so that we have energy, so that we have vital health. And wherever we have confusion or scrambling or chaos in our minds, wherever we feel misdirected, lost, confused in our mind, in our emotions, allowing this extravagant, powerful, strong field of Mother Earth bring us back, back to a sense of clarity, a sense of bliss, back into our natural, healthy emotional and mental state. And we can feel ourselves kind of tingling, a little rush of energy as
1: we're plugging back in, plugging back into the energy field, plugging back into our mother, plugging back into life, being connected, being aware that we are connected to everything in
2: a good way, in a powerful way, and feeling that energy within ourselves, everything's effervescent within us, shiny and luminous, radiant body, radiant mind radiant heart and now we allow this energy and
1: to bubble up even more bubbling up outside of us into the room into the space into the forest that we're sitting in into the city that we're in into the country we share it now far and wide all throughout the earth
2: and even sending it beyond earth, out into the space, out to the planets, out to the sun, out to the moon, sharing this radiance and this alignment of life, of pure, vibrant essence, the essence of life. Then we
1: take a few deeper breaths. Gently open our eyes. Take another few deeper breaths. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We look forward to being with you next week. Thanks so much, Pam.
0: Love now. You have been listening to Susie Mazzoli and Pamela Cuccinell of Active Spirituality. Dot .life if you've enjoyed this program consider a donation you can find the link for that activespirituality.life regardless we look forward to having you join us again for next week's podcast please share and have a great week